You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Auburn is not a place. It is a people. The loveliest village on the plains is more than just a collegiate sports venue, more than a university filled with historic buildings, and more than a quaint little southern town. Its worth lies within its people, those that call Auburn home, whether that be for a single day at a time or a lifetime. Much like our legendary Toomer's oak trees, our stories are the product of a firm foundation laid at the beginning of our Auburn story. These are the stories of the Auburn family. These are their roots. Welcome back to Auburn Roots, where we continue our journey of exploring and sharing the stories of your Auburn family members. This is episode nine, and on this edition, we'll be talking to Clell Lawrence. Now, you might know Clell from his website, AU Tiger Blogging, or from Twitter. His story begins in the hills of West Virginia until he found his way in his childhood to Sweet Home, Alabama. You will find that he is a testament to the fact that you don't actually have to go to Auburn University to be a part of it. And just like legendary coach Pat Dye once said, Auburn fans love Auburn. Kalel has found in his life that it's not so much the sports of why he loves Auburn, but because of the people, his Auburn family. And I want to introduce my guest, Clell Lawrence. And how are you doing tonight? And thank you for joining me. I'm doing wonderful, Kyle. I want to thank you very much for offering for me to be a part of this. It's a wonderful thing you're doing, and I enjoy it. Oh, I appreciate you being willing to share your story. You know, there, I always say this to people, this random guy, message them on the internet and ask them to get on a podcast with them. The fact that people don't run away screaming is just amazing to me at this point. <laughs> Well, you know, uh, the Auburn family is quite different than most other fan bases, and I'm familiar with quite a few others. I'm not surprised that you're received pretty well with this. Well, that's that's the hope is that most people will will be like, oh, okay, this is a little weird, but hey, I'll run with it because he's an Auburn guy. Uh, and for the most this part, is this, my, this is my first. There you go. So you have to start somewhere with podcasting. So this can be your first foot in the door and maybe you'll just keep running with it. And who knows, maybe you'll uh, start your own podcast network. one day. <laughs> <laughs> well, how about this? I want to start right here with you. And I want to, I've said this to you personally off the air, but I want to say this to other people that may be listening, because I think this is something you brought up something when I contacted you about telling your story that I think is very important for people to understand. Uh, just because you didn't go to Auburn, doesn't mean as as a student doesn't mean that your Auburn story isn't as valid and is not as important as someone else's the only thing that matters to us is that you remember the Auburn family and we just want to know how you got there so I say that to you as well but uh, to those people that are listening I think that's important uh, for people to know and I guess we can start right there um, you were not an Auburn student. Uh, so take me to the very beginning. When do you first start associating yourself with Auburn? Well, it would be the eighth grade. Uh, okay. I was not born in Alabama. So when my family moved to Alabama, like any child, the first thing you're asked is, are you Auburn or Alabama? Right. Of course, I was asked the other way around, but I always put Auburn. <laughs> And That's the I'd way like it should be. Give, yeah, I would like to give you some really big, drawn-out, romantic story about how I am an Auburn fan and consider myself part of the Auburn family. But to be honest, I didn't know anything about Auburn and very little about Alabama. But my mother's natural hair color was Auburn, and that's how I chose it. Hey, look, as long as you've got a reason, I don't judge the reason <laughs> how you got here. Uh, and, you know, I have a soft spot for my mother as well as I think most people do. Uh, so that, look, if you can tie family into the Auburn family and how you got your start in that, 
that that works for me and i think that's just as touching there so eighth grade so you you move here to alabama and of course you brought up the age-old question that everybody asks auburn or alabama of course it should be in that order um were there any other options did anybody ask you like i'm always interested to hear did anybody say are you a uab fan a troy fan was there any of that or was it just the just the two oh oh no well what you have to understand is we're we're talking 1972 alabama was on a long run (laughs) and uab and troy were not considered football teams they they were more considered schools you could go to if you couldn't afford to go to auburn or alabama and quite honestly uh i didn't know a whole lot of it because i said i didn't know anything about auburn i knew quite a bit less about troy and uab so yeah you know that's the big two and and as it should be i guess it was a pretty simple choice for me to make because the reason i stated earlier but I'm really, truly happy that that's the choice I made. You know, I would hope that even the people on the other side of that equation would be happy with their choice, although I do tend to find that most people tend to switch from Alabama to Auburn, not the other way around. In fact, I've got several friends, and they know who they are, that I'm working very heavily on right now. And I had them – we were literally sitting in the Auburn Arena parking lot after a basketball game one night, and I was telling them the story of how – Shook Jordan convinced Pat Sullivan to come play for Auburn, and I could see it in his eyes. He's like, "I connect with that. I want to be part of that, but I just can't let go of that." Uh, That's those, right. Those, those That's right. I'll, I'll, I'll categorize them as sins in my life. You know, I don't want to go that drastic with it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I call them shortfalls. I've got family members and friends that are Alabama fans, and I say, "Well, despite that shortfall, I still like." Of course. We love them despite their flaws. So, Clell, let's go back a little bit further and tell me a little bit about yourself outside of that eighth grade moment where you started associating with Auburn. Uh, if you could just wrap that up into a nutshell, where were you born? Kind of what was that part of your life like? I was born in Mann, West Virginia, uh, and raised in Suitland, Maryland, just outside of Washington, D.C., up until I was 12. And then we moved to Alabama, and I went to school at Wetumpka High School and graduated there, and then went to technical college in Ozark, Alabama at the aviation school. Oh, aviation school. Now, Auburn's got a great aviation program. I don't know that they had it at the time, um, but I did not know that that was actually out there. Is that a passion for you, aviation? Well, it was at the time, and and it was, you know, my intention to make that a career. Uh, Could not really afford to go to Auburn and uh, did not have the grades to you know qualify for a scholarship so uh, always being more mechanically inclined than uh, English literature and (laughs) (laughs) so you know the the technical college seemed to be the route and I always say I was blessed that I made that decision because that's where I met my wife and we just celebrated our 42nd wedding anniversary wow that's that's awesome that you guys have been together that long. Not many people can say that these days. So, uh, well, it's very. T- she's had to put up with a lot. <laughs> Isn't that how it? Why is it always that the wives have to put up with the husbands? Shouldn't it be a little bit sometimes that the husbands have to put up with the wives? I I don't know. I think it closely correlates with uh, men are just boys with more expensive toys. <laughs> that's very good. It's very good. And typically for us as Auburn fans, those toys are in the forms of things I see behind you. We're actually on camera for those of you that are listening. Yeah, I know, we know you can't see us, but you know I can see some of the things on his wall behind him. I'm sure he can see some of the things on my wall. Toys for us as Auburn fans tend to go in the form of plaques, of pictures, of signed balls. I've got some up above me right now. Uh, what's the rest of that room look like, Clell? A lot of these are gifts. I don't know if you can see those plaques. Oh, I ha- I see one thing that I share in common with you. You've got the uh, picture of the Tumor's Oak with the piece of Tumor's Oak in it. I've got that as well. Yes, sir. And I have a curio cabinet. Very nice. Look at all in that. So what we're looking at right now is with a ton of stuff in the cabinet. He's got some old school hats, those Coke bottles, uh, mugs. That's Man, you've got more stuff than I do, Clell. Well, I've had a little bit longer to collect. <laughs> 
<laughs> than you do, Kyle. You're not quite my age. I'm 62 now. So. Well, you know, age is just a state of mind. And uh, if, I, if I am blessed enough to have uh, the amount of years that you've had with your wife, the time to collect the things that you have had, I hope to uh, be able to share those similarities with you someday. So that's pretty awesome there. I hope you have a few more national championship trinkets. That is, you know, that is a great point. And we all want national championships uh, in any sport for that matter, all, football, basketball, all that good stuff. I mean, right now we are the dominant powerhouse in equestrian. Uh, so we pretty much just expect national championships out of that um, every year, at least. I mean, obviously this year equestrian had uh, that opportunity taken away for them because of COVID-19, but I think it was far and away that they were going to be the champions there. Um, so on that topic, who do you think is the next Auburn program to win a national championship? Oh boy, that's uh, that's tough. You know, baseball's really tremendously improving under Butch Thompson, and uh, basketball, men's basketball, has really taken some major strides. I mean, uh, how does Bruce Pearl put it? Uh, make history, and they have certainly done that. Uh, I would not be surprised at any of the three, football, basketball, or baseball, winning a national championship. But also, quite honestly, I would not be surprised to see another women's sport step up. And, you know, we have a, a very, very good softball coach. And we have a very, very good, high-quality soccer coach. And I, I just think it takes, you know, the right team chemistry and everything coming together. And it, it could really happen for seven to eight different Auburn sports any year. And I would say that we're in a time as Auburn family members that um, we are very blessed for those of you that may be listening far off in the future. This is the year 2020. Boy, what a year. Uh, and uh, we are in a time where Auburn is seeing a lot of consistency across the board in terms of being able to compete uh, year in and year out for national titles. There are some programs that are further along and some that are a little bit further behind. Sometimes that does that has to do with personnel changes. Uh, but we are truly blessed where we are not just a one sport school. We are able to look to a, a team, whether it's golf, equestrian, football, basketball, gymnastics, and say, hey, we got a shot to do something this year. And it just amounts, like you said, as the coach come together with the staff, uh, the right chemistry on the team. And as the ta if the talent's there, then, you know, that lightning in the bottle may be captured and there may That's be right. an additional national championship. Um, let's go back to you a little bit here. Uh, you, we talked about a little bit from West Virginia. Did you uh, have any affiliation with the, the Mountaineers or, or Marshall during that time over there? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously there's a little bit of, sentiment towards those teams but you know nothing I don't have I have one West Virginia item I don't have anything from Marshall uh I, you know it's basically been Auburn and I mean it's been a passion I tried writing a blog for several years uh, I tried to tell everyone I am not a journalist I think you can understand the way that I speak I, I'm not formally educated, so I'm definitely not a journalist. And uh, it just, you know, I, I I loved it. I made a lot of good friends with it. Uh, I wrote for several different uh, organizations before I started my own, uh, and that's part of the, you know, the drive to to start my own was I was enjoying writing for other people. But I, I just I really wasn't doing it justice because I'm not a journalist. I'm really not. I'm not, I'm not, I don't really care if I speak correct English and I, you know, I, that's just me. So I, I felt that it was something I needed to take a rest from. Journalism these days is something that's a very hot topic uh, because I'm of the opinion and I know I say this knowing that I have friends in the journalism spectrum. Um, you know, it's it's kind of under fire right now because there are people that choose to insert their and not, not uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They choose to not be um, biased is the word I was trying to, you know, that there's a very biased society right now. And that has infected journalism as well. So my point to you would be, I think you should be happy that you don't necessarily uh, 
consider yourself a journalism because of the way things stand right now. It hasn't always been that way and it won't be that way forever. Uh, but I think right now, the fact that you just share from your heart, that doesn't make that any less valid. And, and that's what I did enjoy about that. So let's, let's talk about that. One of the things that people may know you from is obviously Twitter, as we know a lot of our Auburn family members, but you wrote a blog for yourself, AU Tiger Blogging on Blogspot, and we're doing that for several years. Um, so can you give me a little bit background about why you decided to do that and, and just kind of your vision behind that? Yes. Uh, the very first Auburn sports blog that I ever remember reading and, and, and finally got up the nerve to comment on was the Joe Cribs car wash. And uh, I think we all know Jerry Hennon's a fantastic individual. And, uh, you know, when he responded to one of my comments, boy, that set a fire. Yeah. And I never told him that, but it set a fire. And I started commenting on several other articles across the sports spectrum. And years ago, USA Today reached out to me and said, hey, we would like to start a we don't have anybody writing about Auburn and we would like to start an Auburn blog. And I forget how the platform worked, but of course it was not for money and I, I never expected to do it. And I said, I'll be glad to write a few stories. And one of the first stories I wrote was around the 1994 LSU interception game. I was, I was there. That, that was the story that I told. And uh, it actually got quite a few likes for, you know, for my first one and I enjoyed it so it went from there and eventually Trackham Tigers invited me to be a weekly writer on their blog and I wrote probably two or three years or maybe a little longer for them and I got up the courage to start my own blog you know my wife and I owned our own business we owned a Dairy Queen and uh, I just having that entrepreneurship, I, I wanted to have my own blog. Right. And uh, it worked out really well. Like I said, I've made a lot of fan, friends and uh, met a lot of guys that write for other. Uh, Dan Harrelson, right. who uh, writes for Tennessee Balls. Uh, and, uh, you know, it, it just was a blessing. And then, of course, I met a lot of friends that are Auburn fans that I never would have had an opportunity to meet if I had not gone down that road. So it, it's been a real pleasure. See, I didn't uh, know that you had the connection with Jerry Hennon. And for those people that are listening, we do have an episode we did of Auburn Roots with Jerry Hennon on episode three, if you want to go back and listen to that. Um, one that's a great, he's a great guy, uh, has some great stories. And uh, it's, it's funny, I, I didn't know that you had kind of had that connection and worked your way through some of these other blog sites until you got, I thought person. I probably personally thought that you had just started it up out of the blue. So you, you, my friend, you may not call yourself a journalist, but you've got the, the credentials to show it. Well, I, I don't think Jerry would ever remember me saying anything on one of his blogs. Like I said, the Joe Cribs car wash that how long ago was that? And, uh, you know, I, he's had to correct me several times because some things I tried to go off of my memory, uh, which weren't correct. <laughs> And Jerry has a fantastic memory. So, you know, he's, he, but just the fact that somebody that wrote an article or a blog responded to something that I said, it just, it lit that passion. And, uh, you know, part of me almost wishes I had gone into journalism, but, uh, you know, things being the way they are, uh, I'd rather go the way God intended me to go and, and be where we are right now. Of course, that is usually the way it ends up working best for you, no matter what anyway. So I'm glad that you followed the path that he's led you on um, in that format. So where does AU Tiger blogging stand right now? Are we kind of at a hiatus or is it just, where does that kind of, see, where do you see that? We are, we are in a hiatus. I, I needed to take a break. Uh, I really, the last couple of posts, and, and I hate to admit this, but it's the truth. I didn't really give it my best effort mm -hmm. and, and I had two people uh, that were writing with me on that blog and they both did really good jobs they did the way I did from the heart you know they're not trained journalists or anything mm -hmm. educated that way but uh, one of them went to school at Auburn uh, I think you'll uh, know him 
uh, A.U. Rob. Yes. New York. Yes. A very, very interesting guy. Very talented. Does a lot of artwork. And he he has a unique perspective. And I really enjoyed his writing. And then, of course, uh, Christy, is uh, her Twitter handle is at Tatershell. She, <laughs> she gave she she gave us emotion she yeah. she would write some things that uh and post them on our blog that would just draw at your heart and she, you know uh, she did fantastic work and i just you know like i said i i found myself not giving my best effort and i told them i said guys i'm gonna take a break and i think they decided to take a break too uh, i wish you know they had kept writing on it but uh i just when you don't have the fire, it's mm-hmm. not, you know, it's not fair to say, Hey, look what I wrote. And you really didn't put the effort in to make it the best. No, that's, that's a hundred percent understandable. And you do want to give yourself fully to something if you're going to commit to doing it. And uh, it makes it tough to complete that job. If you, uh, uh, just don't have the heart for it at that moment. And, and, you know, I can honestly say that for this as well. You know, there have been times that 500 episodes into a podcast network, I was like, whew, I don't want to do this. But for some reason, it keeps, I keep coming back for more. And it's just after every edit and everything like that. So I do relate to you in, in that way, though. So, um, yeah, I think at some point, if you do want to come back, I think you've got a great way of sharing your experiences and stories on that. Uh, is there a piece or a period of time that you really enjoyed writing about on AU Tiger Blogging? 2013 was uh, was really good. Uh, there was a lot of passion. Uh, the, the coaching change, you know, I, I really wasn't 100% behind the idea of letting coach Chiswick go until I attended the 2012 Texas A&M game at Auburn Mm -hmm. and I saw something I hadn't seen from an Auburn football team ever to be Mm -hmm. honest with you and that was some of the players weren't giving maximum effort and something wasn't right you know I don't want to blame anybody or put the finger on anything but you could just tell especially once Texas A&M got up by two touchdowns, it wasn't maximum effort. The only time I saw them pick up, and I mean they really picked up energy, was when Jonathan Wallace came in at quarterback. And he led them to two scores. Now, I get it. It wasn't against A&M's number one defense. Right. I turned to my buddy who had been wanting to leave, and I said, no, I'm staying to watch the whole thing. When Jonathan Wallace got that team, that offense, to play, at a more energetic level than our starters played after getting down two touchdowns, I turned to my buddy and I said, Jonathan Wallace is going to be the starter at quarterback next year. Yeah. Little did I know Nick Marshall was coming. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, you know, I'm not not disappointed that Nick came to Auburn at all. Right. <laughs> but Jonathan us, Wallace, you could tell Jonathan Wallace, he really fired his guys up and they wanted to play for him. Yeah. And they walked with a different step when he was on the field. Yeah, not surprised he's in coaching. He's a he's got to be a great motivator and leader for young men because mm-hmm. I saw it that day. I was actually at that game as well, so it'd be interesting to see how close we were sitting together. I, well, I, I was actually not a student at the time, but I found my way into the student section because uh, back then I had a little bit more hair and was able to pass for a student uh, still. So uh, that, that gives you a little insight into what's going on in my life these days. Um, but, yeah, that was a very tough game. Uh, yes, it was. Yes, uh, you it know, was. I also was not high on, on getting rid of Coach Chiswick, but that, you know, what you kind of were describing there reminds me of what I've heard described as what made people, the administration, decide to go after a new coach leading to Pat Dye is the Doug Barfield era where they were sitting uh, at a game and just saw no fight in the team anymore. Yeah, and well, when I, you re- I remember re- that, too, and it, that was not a good time to be an Auburn fan. <laughs> well, as you said, uh, in 1972, when you kind of got your first start into being an Auburn fan, you, you came in at a time where it was probably one of the lowest of the lows at that and could I don't know could you imagine trying to if you thought you needed a break then from uh, now from writing imagine trying to write about Auburn football 
in the 1960s and 70s. That would be tough. Yes, it would. I couldn't imagine trying to put some words together about those games in that time. (laughs) Hey, Auburn fans, I want to take a quick time out from this episode to bring your attention to something very special. Here at the E2C Network, we pride ourselves on bringing you the best content for Auburn fans out there. And best of all, it's free to you. But just because it's free doesn't mean there aren't costs, especially when you have a library of hundreds of podcasts, videos, blogs, and more. Many of you have reached out and asked how you can support this network in the past. Well, now I have your answer. It's called the E2C Network Booster Club over at patreon.com slash E2C Network. There you'll find a membership monthly reward system where you can sign up for as little as $1 and get different perks at different tiers. Some of those perks include things such as apparel, eligibility to join us on future podcasts, recognition as an E2C network booster, exclusive communications, and bonus content that is available nowhere else. If you love this network and want to help us keep producing podcasts like this one, please head on over to patreon.com slash E2C network to join the E2C network booster club. You can also get there by going to our website, E2Cnetwork.com slash support. Whether you decide to join or not, we are still so appreciative that you would support us by just listening and being here because each and every one of you is part of our E2C network family. Well, that's it. Timeout's over. Let's get back into the episode. Uh, Well, I've, I really didn't write about anything other than Auburn football because that's the sport that I understood. Mm-hmm. You know, I played a little bit of high school football, mostly rode the bench and, uh, uh, you know, that sort of thing. But the thing that I found that I really enjoyed was with with my passion for Auburn, it wasn't just football. Now, writing, you know, I, I kind of pretty much just stayed to that because I didn't I'm really not technically qualified to write for baseball or soccer uh, or, uh, you know, equestrian, certainly anything like that. So, you know, happy that they're good. I pulled for all those sports, uh, but obviously I I didn't have any knowledge and and certainly not, not being an Auburn insider, not having been a former student or anything and, and sort of living away from Auburn you know, I didn't have a way of going and watching the games or sitting in the press booth or anything like that. So, you know, I was busy building a life. So the, the, the thing that I have enjoyed the most is the having started the blog and writing and that sort of stuff. And then the social media explosion, Twitter and, and that that's been enjoyable because I've got to know a lot of other people and, you know, it, it's it's a pleasure. It really is being around Auburn people. Is it just there's a certain sense of uh, peace and comfort that comes with people that have the same passion that you have, and not just for. Uh, well, Pat Dye said it best, didn't he? Auburn people love Auburn, and and the read when I first read the Creed, I think I was 17 years old, and we were on our way to Auburn. I can't remember if it was a cattle judging contest or a land judging contest or whatever with the FFA out of high school. And I read the Auburn Creed the first time and I, I just said, wow, that's, you know, that's how I want to live my life. And, uh, that, that's just, that's cemented, you know, the, the choice was because of my mom's hair color, but the first trip to Auburn, I said, this is where I want to go to school. And then it didn't work out. But when I carried my, 13-year-old niece to her first Auburn football game. We're walking around campus. I made sure we got there plenty early, and we're walking around campus, and she said, I want to go to school here. I said, well, I hope it works out for you. It didn't for me, and it's okay if it doesn't for you, but I really hope it works out for you. (laughs) Yeah, but look, even though you didn't end up on campus, it doesn't make it any less your home. It doesn't make us any less your people. Um, and yeah, I hope it works out for her as well. Cause I can definitely tell you from my experience, it was the best four years of my life, uh, at Auburn. Uh, and you know, I've had, not, that's not to negate anything else that's happened great in my life. My wife's listening, so I gotta be quiet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, you know, I, 
I think that there is something special about being on campus, but there's almost a special nature of living away from it and, and being still part of something, but still separate for something, because I think it gives you a greater appreciation of what uh, maybe you didn't experience. Um, so you, you live in Ozark right now. What's the makeup in Ozark, Alabama right now, Auburn to Alabama ratio? What's that like? Well, actually, I live in Enterprise. Which Excuse is, me, Enterprise. That's okay. It's it's on the other side of Fort Rucker from Ozark. Uh, life here is uh, is good. You know, it's it's pretty simple. We're we're a small town, uh, but yeah, we've we've got family close by. Um, my family is mostly in Wetumpka, and uh, her family is mostly in Ozark. And uh, we, you know, we have uh, access to both pretty easily, actually. And uh, it's 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 good. And you got pretty easy access to the beach down there as well, if you want to head down there. <laughs> yeah, you know, when we were younger, that was fun. Uh, now sitting out in the heat, not. <laughs> we prefer. We do prefer riding around in our motorhome and visiting uh, other states. That's 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 an enjoyable experience for both of us. Now, are you one of the people that brings that uh, to uh, Auburn, that motorhome to Auburn? You know, funny enough, no, we don't normally. But one fateful day in 2013, we were at the uh, RV park there just up the road from Auburn on 14. And... Uh, we had a bunch of people around our, my brother-in-law had his RV there and we had ours and we were awning to awning and had three televisions going when the kick six happened. Uh -huh. And I was able to take my sister to Tumor's Corner after the game for her first ever visit to Tumor's Corner after an Auburn victory. Awesome. Yeah, that was, that was special to me. You know, there's something to be said about having your own first experience at Tumor's Corner, but when you get to see it through someone else's eyes, because uh, it, it just it reminds you of what that felt like. It's not, you know, people on the outside of the Auburn family, they, they scoff at it. They laugh at you're rolling. You're basically vandalizing your property. And we're like, yeah, in a sense we are, but it's not about that, but it's about the celebration. It's about the coming together as an Auburn family. And it's not just for football games. It's for graduations. It's for weddings. It's for engagements. It's for, I graduated somehow in six years. It took me long, but I graduated in six years. <laughs> By the way, let me just quick aside here. I spent four years at Auburn, but I spent two years at AUMs before that as well. So you can tell how long <laughs> I was in college from that. Uh, that's, I was, dedication. that's dedication, but you stuck to it and you did it. I always told my mom is I was determined to get my full four years at Auburn, and that's why it took so long to get uh, graduated from college. Uh, there are other reasons besides that. Well, we've covered a lot of territory with you, uh, how you got your beginning, a uh, very sweet beginning with your mother, uh, kind of where your, your roots were set at the beginning outside of Auburn and West Virginia, your, your writing credentials, even though you kind of push them to the side and say you don't have, but you do have some a lot more than me. Um, what else would you want to share with your Auburn family? What that's on your heart, anything that, uh, that you, you think that people should know about you as an Auburn family member? Well, I, I don't consider myself very interesting. You know, I, I, I don't think there's anything really about me to share. Uh, I will say this, that, uh, good friends that I've made through this, uh, I don't know if I am allowed to say their full names, so I'll just say their first names. Uh, Paul and Marsha and Bill and uh, quite a few others, you know, obviously Rob and Christy, who, who did some writing. Uh, Mike, uh, who actually I ran into out in uh, Pasadena in two, January 2014. Now, hold on. Hold on. You're not going to blow past the fact that you were in Pasadena in 2014. You're going to get you're going to let this podcast go without talking about that. You got to tell me about that experience. Well, you know, what was amazing is after 2010, I told my wife, I said, I could kick myself in the, you know what, because I didn't make every effort to get out there to Arizona to that game. Mm -hmm. and I, I didn't, you know, uh, so I said, I may not ever get another chance. So when 2013 came out, I, I went in there and I told her, I said, it's going to happen. I'm going to go one way or another. Mm -hmm. Well, unbeknownst to me, she went behind my back and she got me club level seating. Wow. Yeah. The, the best thing about it was 
the Rose Bowl was on my bucket list. I wanted to go see a college football game there. And I would have been perfectly fine in the corner of the end zone somewhere, you know. She got me club-level seating. So not only did I have a very comfortable chair, but I also she got tickets for my nephew who lives in San Antonio, and we both got to go to that game. And I converted him and his son, who are Texas Longhorn fans, to Auburn fans. <laughs> As it should be. That's awesome, though, uh, that you got to go out there and experience a great venue like that. Uh, you know, I'm super jealous. I tried my hardest to get out there as well. Um, but the fact that you were able to experience, uh, you know, what would be considered the mecca of college football at the time and uh, get to be there with your Auburn family members, even I in was, a loss. I, I was never any more sick to be uh, prophetic as I was. When Trey Mason scored that touchdown, I looked over at my nephew and I said, that's too much time left. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think we all thought it. Some of us said it. Some of us didn't want to say it uh, because we kind of felt it. I said it. And I, I mean, I don't believe in jinxing anything, but I, I just, I knew because no matter how much I dislike the handling of that whole Jameis Winston uh, incident at Florida state, uh, he's quite honestly too good mm-hmm. to leave that much time. He had, tremendous wide receivers he had a very good offensive line and they had a good running back you know they weren't there as a fluke and I just felt like at that time that that was too much time Uh, now I also think that any of the last three defenses that Gus Malzahn has fielded 2019 18 and 17 they wouldn't have stood a chance if they had three minutes left right but I'm not diminishing our defense at that time because they really rose up at the end of that season, 2013, mm-hmm. and and handled themselves really well against Georgia and Alabama. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you, you spoke a lot about chemistry for teams and speaking about all of Auburn programs, but more specifically for that, it's amazing that somehow when the chemistry comes together, the deficiencies of one area, that being what we're talking about, maybe the defense not being to what we're used to these days, um, rising up to the occasion because the level of the offense was kind of pulling them. It's like, Hey, we're going to be great. You got to keep coming with us if we're going to do this together and and kind of picking each other up, whether that's physically or emotionally, spiritually. And I think that's a great point to what you said that chemistry sometimes uh, comes together at the right time for the right purpose. And unfortunately it ended, it did end in a loss for the national championship game, but that doesn't take away from the special memories, the special moments for you getting to go out there and see, you know, one of the greatest venues in sports ever and have your team be there. That's incredible. Yes, that that was that was very special to me and and I've I have tried to show my appreciation to my wife ever since. <laughs> I bet you have. <laughs> Let me just say this, if Jessica walked in right now and said I got tickets to whatever Auburn championship happens in the future, I would, you know, just be groveling at her feet for the rest of my life because that would be awesome. Even if it was basketball, I'd love to go out to, you know, baseball over in Omaha and and do that. That would just be awesome just to go to one of those venues. I'm matter of fact, I have sort of mentioned to her that I would love to go to that world series Mm -hmm. if all of them were able to go. It's, It's one thing to experience your team at their home but it's another to experience it in one of the greater venues that's that are out there. That's, that's a pretty special environment to be in. Well, I think we've covered uh, the gamut of your story here. I know this doesn't cover every aspect of it and every thing that's happened to your life and your Auburn roots. uh, But I think we've gotten a great uh, perspective of who Clell Lawrence is and uh, what your Auburn roots look like. And we are very appreciative to have you part of the Auburn family. Now I cannot let you go without doing what I have now called not so rapid fire, rapid fire questions, because uh, most people uh, want to explain themselves and their answers. But if you can do it rapid fire, more power to you, but most people have had to explain themselves. Um, It is a series of 12 questions. There'll be kind of like this or that, or your favorite, this, um, pretty easy to answer, but you may want to explain yourself. We'll see. So are you ready for that? Shoot. Question number one, orange or blue? Orange. Orange. Any reason behind that or just like the, fa- is that just the favorite of the two colors? Josh Dowdy. 
Josh Dowdy. Oh, look, you, you keep color. You keep bringing all the former uh, guests that we have back into this. So for the listeners, I believe it is episode six. We had Josh Dowdy on, and he's referencing uh, the book Orange is Our Color. That's a great reason for that. So there you go. Shout out to Josh. Question number two, Aubie or War Eagle? Aubie. You are safe from the minions of Obby. Some people have made the poor choice, not poor, just if you choose War Eagle, you just have to understand that the people of Obby are going to come out and get you. So you are safe, my friend. Listen, I love the Eagle. I love the majestic flight. The hair stands up on my arms every time I'm there and watch it. And, and if I watch it on TV, the thing about Obby is he gets the kids to Auburn. And, and by kids, I mean, you know, the younger kids. He gets them to Auburn. I doubt very seriously a 10-year-old girl gets to hang around with Albie for a few seconds, and when she's 16, she's saying, you know, that fight's slogan for the other team. <laughs> he is the best ma- He is the best mascot. He is. Seven, eight, nine-time national championship. And national I, actually, championship. I actually misspoke. He is not a mascot. He's a real tiger. Of course – course that's why lee corso can't wear his head because how can you take the head off a real tiger um all right but obvious your answer for question number three though the auburn fight song or glory glory to all auburn auburn fight song i'm still waiting for someone to pick glory we know our auburn fight song Mm -hmm. i dare say very few fans of any other southeastern conference school knows their fight song yeah, it doesn't. Uh, I've heard some of the other ones out there, and I got to just be honest, that doesn't really resonate with me. And I know I'm not a fan of theirs, but uh, there's something in those words that when it was formed that really speak to the Auburn family. And I think that's why it resonates so, so much with them. I agree. Question four, your favorite Auburn athletics program? Oh, that, well, that's not fair. Uh, <laughs> I, I like them all. I really do. Uh, the sport that I know the best is football. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would assume football being my favorite sport, but in all honesty, I get a lot of pleasure out of reading and watching all of the Auburn sports, swimming and diving, women's volleyball. You know, it doesn't matter. I, I, I go through Instagram and like every picture that has anything to do with Auburn and, you know, Auburn, I just, I like Auburn. Well, see, you wouldn't have that appreciation for all that if you didn't have the great, the gateway drug of Auburn football. And it is a gateway drug in some way. <laughs> there, there you go. <laughs> Question number five, your favorite Auburn athlete? Ooh, uh, I don't know. That, that's that's kind of – I kind of hate to single it down to one. I really do. I, I really don't think I have a single favorite Auburn athlete. Well, how about this? Then I'll phrase it a different way so we don't have to play favorites. If you were going, you think of Auburn sports, what's the first one that comes to mind? Oh, Bo Jackson. There you go. Maybe not, maybe not favorite, but at least that's who you epitomize it with. Uh, but, the one. But, but, you know, Charles Barkley. And, and you got to understand now, when, when uh, Pat Dye came to Auburn and he brought Bo Jackson to Auburn, Charles Barkley and Frank Thomas were there. Mm-hmm. What a time to be an Auburn fan. If you've ever watched the uh, documentary Bo Barkley and the Big Hurt, that uh, gives you a good perspective of what it was like to be during that time. And I'm super jealous of people uh, that were, you know, there or more. I the favorite out of that. I mean, <laughs> I, I promise you, I say the word and I tweet the word terrible all the time. <laughs> you know, I think uh, – <laughs> It's they're a great representation or Mount Rushmore of Auburn athletes just because they kind of you know, Bo was the quintessential athlete, obviously known most for football, but track, baseball. Uh, I think Frank Thomas probably made the biggest overall impact in his particular sport. Uh, but Charles is such a great ambassador, he did, he made a huge impact. I mean, he was on the you know, uh, the Olympics, Olympic basketball team, and you know, it was great in the NBA, but I think he's become known as one of those great ambassadors for Auburn. So I think they kind of cover all the gamuts of what it means to be part of that quote unquote Mount Rushmore of Auburn athletes. Yeah. And you know, I've, I've always been, I don't like the Mount Rushmore aspect. I don't like the, and, and I'm, I'm not saying that they, you just reminded me of it, but you know, when you have athletes like Rowdy Gaines and Ruthie Bolton and, and I mean, how far back can you go? How 
wide can you make that spectrum go? Auburn's had some tremendous athletes and a lot of tremendous people. You know, you don't have a hundred years worth of sports and you don't have, you know, that many years as a college and not have just a plethora of people that, that you can just say are outstanding in their field and tremendous athletes and that sort of thing. It, it's just, it's hard to list a favorite. It's hard to list just four. It's, it's even very hard to list a top 10. <laughs> well, I'm going to keep the trend going for you and make it more difficult on you. Number six, of course you are. <laughs> number six, your favorite Auburn coach. Well, uh, Pat Dye has to be one of them. Uh, Pat Dye came to Auburn at a time when Auburn was sort of floundering, and he brought focus and direction mm -hmm. to, to Auburn athletics. And he also saw that it wasn't just about Auburn football. Even though that was the moneymaker, it wasn't just about Auburn football. Ask Frank Thomas what Pat Dye said about playing baseball. He, he Pat Dye, once he got to Auburn and he's seen what the Auburn family was all about. I mean, I don't want to equate myself to Pat Dye in any stretch of the imagination, but sort of the same thing when, when, when he read the creed and he has said this many times publicly when he read the creed, he said, well, this is, this is who I am. This is what I stand for, mm -hmm. you know? And, and then after meeting all of the millions of Auburn fans that he's met, you know, you know, he his when he said Alabama people love Alabama football, but Auburn people love Auburn. He he said that from the heart. I think it speaks volumes. So I would have to say Pat Dye, even though it's kind of unfair because you said it was going to be. Yes. Well, you know, <laughs> I, I do like to make things difficult on my guests from time to time and put well, them in tough spots. You do a good job sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Question seven. Your favorite Auburn non-athletics person. So this can be anybody just in your scope of the Auburn family that's not related to athletics, like an athlete or a coach. Uh, it could be a celebrity, a family member, a friend, uh, a mentor, anybody that you would say is your favorite this or the person that sticks out in your mind. I'm going to plead the fifth. I have met a lot of good people. You know, uh, Van Allen Plexico I've not met yet, but uh, we've been in contact, and I bought his book, Josh Dowdy, uh, uh, Bill and Marsha, uh, who uh, have given me tickets for me to go watch football games. Paul has done the same thing. Uh, A.U. Rob, who's on Twitter a lot, he and I have a really good friendship. And there's several other people, uh, and I'm, I just uh, I can't list a favorite. I can't have. I can't have just one. I mean, I'm leaving people out even with that list. Well, and that's that's a fair point here. But I think what you're saying here it brings up the bigger point that I, I've tried to stress across this series is that Auburn is not a place. It is a people. And I think that your statement there uh, is, exactly. is a testament to that. Uh, question number eight. Favorite Auburn building? Oh, Jordan-Hare Stadium. Easy <laughs> enough, right? Yes. Question number nine, your favorite Auburn place to eat? Well, I really, really like Toomer's mm -hmm. Corner. I really do. Toomer's Drugs. It's, uh, you know, I have these visions all, all the time when I think of like happy times at Auburn of just being in the Toomer's Drugstore, even if it wasn't just necessarily to get something to eat, but just to have one of those lemonades and just you walk out the door and then there's Toomer's Corner. And it's just like, if this isn't the Auburn experience, I don't know what is. So that's a great choice. Honey, I'm home. That's what I say. Every time I walk in that store, I say, honey, I'm home. It's to myself, but that's what I say. Yep. Number 10, your favorite Auburn tradition. This can be sports or non-sports related or even something that's personal to you that most people don't know about, but your favorite Auburn tradition. My favorite Auburn tradition is the Eagle Flight followed very closely by the rolling of Tumor's Corner. Great choices. Question 11, a little bit more personal, your favorite Auburn memory? Oh, definitely the uh, the 94 interception game. What yes. happened is we were in the LSU section in the upper deck, and, I mean, we were surrounded by a lot of angry LSU fans, so my buddy and I had to leave. Same guy that was with me in 2012 Texas A&M game. We left and walked outside the stadium, and I had a set at the time. Uh, it was an earphone set 
with batteries that had an antenna where I could pick up Jim five calling the game. Mm-hmm. We had walked outside the stadium and was walking down towards the athletics dorm. And I was calling the play out as Jim Fife was calling it out when we scored the last interception for a touchdown. And then when Chris Schelling intercepted the ball in the end zone to shut out that last LSU drive. And I was surrounded by people and we were all jumping up and down. Nobody I knew <laughs> except the one guy that was with me. And we were all jumping up and down and hollering and slapping high fives and hugging each other. And I got invited to more tailgates that day than I'd ever been invited to. It was amazing. And that's a pretty special moment for me. And of course, the other one is uh, watching Auburn play in Pasadena. Yeah, those are two great ones there. I think the best moments are always the ones where we erase who we are as an individual and we become one as a family. I think that really describes what you said there. Most definitely. Your last question. Maybe it'll be difficult. Maybe it won't. We'll see. It's really a statement. Describe Auburn in one word. Family. Easy enough. And family is something that I think that we all recognize when we come uh, to Auburn, uh, become part of Auburn, and it's something that makes it so special for us, and that's why we call ourselves the Auburn family. We don't always agree. We don't always have the same perspective or that sort of thing. But when it's crunch time, we're all united. Absolutely. Great statement to end it there. Clell, thank you so much for joining me on this episode and sharing your Auburn roots. I hope people have gotten to know you a little bit better and will start to get to know you better, whether that's on social media or when they see you out at an Auburn football game. I really appreciate you asking me to be a part of this, and I have enjoyed it. Oh, thank you so much for being willing to be a part of it. And you, the listener out there, can be part of this as well if you'd like to. Just make sure you are following along and uh, you'll have opportunities to tell your Auburn roots down the road. War Eagle to you, Clell, and thanks for joining us. War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing, that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?